You're listening to Campfire Conversations, brought to you by Three Rivers Land Trust, bringing conservation to the forefront. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the inaugural podcast from Three Rivers Land Trust, the Protect and Conserve podcast. I'm Cody Fulk, uh, Conservation Lands Manager here with Three Rivers Land Trust, and I've got with me Sam Parrott. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Sam Parrott, and I'm the Membership and Outreach Associate with uh, Three Rivers Land Trust. And uh, I guess our, our beginning topic that we can talk about is who the Three Rivers Land Trust is and, and what it is that we do. Um, so I'll let Cody start off with that, and then we'll just kind of get into it. Sure. So... Why would you listen to the Three Rivers Protect and Conserve podcast? Well, if you're interested in conservation in North Carolina or across the United States for that matter, but particularly here in North Carolina in the Tim County region surrounding the Yadkin PD watershed, that's where our main focus in conservation is. Um, we do uh, we have a whole lot of facets to our operation. We're a nonprofit 501c3. Um, conservation group and our main our main goal is protecting those lands that are near the watershed um, for clean water purposes for the most part and we do that through a variety of ways including conservation easements um, fee title acquisitions and a couple of other things including transfers to state and government agencies for public access which is something Sam and I are both very passionate about um, yeah, so if you're interested in that type of stuff, that's that's one reason to tune in. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, like Cody was talking about, the facets of what we do. Um, on Cody's line of the organization, the kind of conservation side of what we do, that's the tip of the spear. Uh, that's why we're here in the first place. So we have Cody. Uh, we actually have a staff of six, an executive director, Travis Moorhead. Um, my boss on the membership side is Michael Nye Folk, um, and she's the associate director of the Land Trust. Uh, Cody is the conservation lands manager, and we have a conservation specialist, um, Crystal Cockman. What's her new title? It's Crystal. Uh, land protection director. Land protection director, Crystal, Crystal Cockman, who's been with us the longest. She's Actually, that's wrong. What is director it? of conservation. Direct Doc. Yeah, it's Doc. Doc, Doc. for short. Doc what? Cockman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we like it. I like yeah. it. So... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Doc Cockman, uh, she's been with us the longest. She's been with us 11 or 12 years. <laughs> Man, this is the first time that's dawned on me. I can't wait to tell her. Uh, yeah, that's, that's She's going to love it. That's brand new. That's on the air content there. Oh, um, she's going to love it. <laughs> so, yeah, so she's been with us for 11 years. She's um, really great at what she does. But on Cody and, and Crystal's side of the organization, um, they're, doing the, they're doing the work that's really – conserved since 1995 we're actually three rivers land trust is our new name we recently rebranded um so since 1995 up until about three or four months ago we were the land trust for central north carolina and um since 1995 we have conserved 26,000 acres and a lot of that is thanks to crystal um cody and i are new to the staff but back to what i was talking about cody and crystal are on the conservation side so 
the membership work that I do and, and that Mikey does, and I actually didn't even bring up Steely. Steely's our newest employee, and she's um, our membership and volunteer coordinator. And she is, um, me and Mikey and, and Steely are all working together. But we're a support staff to Cody and, and Crystal. Um, they're doing the work that's really making those 26,000 acres plus that we're working on and serve here in the region happen. So uh, I'll let Cody talk about his side of the organization and kind of what, what the conservation work that they do is, and then I'll kind of talk about membership and outreach and why, why our side of the organization is important. So a couple of, couple of clarifiers. Um, Crystal and I typically are interacting with landowners um, who are interested in conservation or with the public and the public trust, such as a government organization who actually owns land and holds land and manages land for the public. So those are a couple of the ways we're, we're dealing with folks. Um, what Sam was trying to get at is they're raising the dollars to get the conservation work we do. And 26,000 acres sounds like not that much if you think about properties out west. One landowner owns 26,000 acres and that's a small ranch in Montana. In the Piedmont of North Carolina, North Carolina is the what, number four highest populated state in the country right now. Um, so, as of the last census, we had X million people. Ten. Uh, ten million. Plus. Ten plus million people. Uh, actually, I think it's like eight point something. But anyways, our our focus in conservation is within 100 miles of 80% of the population of North Carolina. So that's why it's so important. That's why 26,000 acres is a big deal because of the rapid urban expansion of North Carolina and our particular location. 10.2 million. 10.2 million folks. So 26,000 acres when you've got a state populated with 10.2 million folks that isn't a super large state, that's a big deal. And we do that through the work Crystal and I do, which is funded by the work that Sam and Steely and Mikey do. Um, My particular job as a couple of facets, um, my main job is as a conservation, excuse me, as a conservation lands manager is actually physically managing the properties that we fee own. Uh, we fee own a, right around 3,600 acres that we manage for our members. Um, this is, a member can be anybody from the public, could be you if you're interested, um, but we manage these lands for wildlife and clean water resources and natural resources in general. Um, with a focus obviously on game animals and species that are threatened or endangered. Um, And one of the ways we're doing that is through active habitat manipulation and management and in turn we're allowing folks to come out through a membership program which allows them to access our properties and get the opportunity to hunt, fish, and recreate on conserved managed properties at a fraction of what they might pay for a lease of their own. So it's a way for us to get the public engaged and get them to see their conservation dollars at work and also for us to be able to showcase an example of working lands that are managed with natural resources in mind. That's my main job. Um, Secondary to that, I would say, is administering these conservation easements I talked about and we can get into those a little bit more, but typically a conservation easement lowers the value of a property overall. In return, the landowner will receive some sort of a tax benefit um, for the 
value they've lost, but what a conservation easement does is it restricts certain activities on properties. Um, anything from development of new buildings, um, industry development, subdivision is a big one um, here in North Carolina. That's one that we typically write into all our blanket easements as a prohibition um, against subdivision. And when I say subdivision, I don't mean you know 30 houses on a cul-de-sac. I mean subdivision as in the lines, the survey lines that are going on the property to divide it where there are multiple owners. Um, in North Carolina, family farms as heirs inherit properties, they typically already have a home in the city where they're working and they're not moving back to the family farm so they divide it up amongst the siblings and sell it and then you've got a whole bunch of other landowners with all different types of ideas on how to manage these properties and typically it doesn't wind up in the best interest of natural resources. So that's why that's one of the main focuses of a conservation easement. Um, and I administer those through the ones we have. We've got 206 right now. Each year I visit each one of those to ensure that there are no violations. Um, and if there are, you know, we're authorized to take the appropriate legal action based on what type of violation there may be. And we're the ones that are enforcing those, those rules. Um, the other things that I do, um, I offer technical guidance and assistance to landowners with conservation easements and typically if somebody has interest in wildlife management, that's kind of where my background lies and so that's that's what I'm interested in and I enjoy that, that end of my job as well. Crystal, her job is really seeking out these prime areas to pursue for conservation easements. A lot of times our job is folks that come in the door they know they've got a valuable piece of property that's valuable for wildlife and natural resources and they come in the door asking us to protect it and so I would say it makes the job easy but you've also got to not everybody's place is as special as the next guys um, and you've got to look at it from are we getting the most for our conservation dollar and that's what Crystal does so she evaluates the property finds out you know if they're a threatened and endangered species and it's got 20 miles of shoreline along a major tributary to the Yakin River or the Yakin River or something like that, obviously it's gonna rank pretty high mm. and be a good candidate for some type of conservation work, whether it be an easement or an acquisition or, or whatever the landowner's got in mind. That's what Crystal's doing. And then the other end of that is she's looking for funding to supplement what Sam, Steely, and Mikey are doing. So she's writing grants, um, federal grants, private grants, everything in between in order to be able to produce the funds needed to compensate landowners for their donation. Yeah, and I think that was a great uh, summary of your side. And before I get into membership and outreach and what we do, um, I think rewind and back up and talk about our region. Sure. Uh, I don't yeah, think we, we to touched on that yet. So we serve a 10-county region. Like we alluded to earlier, we have a staff of six, and we're serving 10 counties. So... It's, uh, we're stretched pretty thin, but we, uh, we work really hard to ensure that we are doing conservation work across those 10 counties. But um, the 10 counties can really be traced to kind of the Yadkin PD River Shed. We're called Three Rivers Land Trust because of the three main rivers that run through our territory, which is the Yadkin PD, uh, the Uwari River, and the Rocky River. So, uh, hey, can, I see we, can I interject? I got something that bugs me that I want to throw out mm -hmm. there. Uh, Yadkin PD is one river, but that it's not fair to the name Yadkin 
It starts as the yak and it should finish as the yak, in my personal opinion. But it doesn't. The deal is, the yak and flows from North Wilkesboro at the headwaters, comes down through Yak and Davie all, all the way down. When it hits Lake Tillery, where the Uwari River flows in, for some magical reason, the name changes to the PD River. So the Uwari River and the Yakin River become the PD yeah, River. Exactly. When they confluence, it's now the PD. I don't know where that came from. It's been that way forever. But I just coming from Yakinville, I think you'd be you'd be pretty chagrined to hear me say this. But why not just name the whole thing the PD River? I, I, anything, one or the other. Uh, it's confusing. <laughs> People don't understand it, and now you do. Yeah. So yeah, we when we list off the names of the rivers, how often do you hear that's four rivers? Why, why aren't mm-hmm. you the four rivers land trust? Exactly. But the Akin PD is is one. technically one. So river. I wanted you to, to know that we can count. Um, <laughs> it's not. It, should, it shouldn't be four rivers. It's three rivers land trust. Um, can we list off the ten counties off the top? I'm of gonna. Head? We can try. I'll start north. I'll fill in where you fill in yeah, the one south. So mm-hmm. farthest northern county right now is Davie. Then coming south, Davidson, Rowan, Cabarrus, Stanley. Montgomery, Richmond, and Anson. And then we also cover a portion of Randolph. I got it. You not have it? Uh, Randolph and... Iredale. Iredale. Dang, gone. Iredale. Iredale's so far away. That's yeah. But we love Iredale County. If you're from Iredale County, <laughs> we, we love it. So, yeah. So those are the, ta- those are the ten counties that we cover. Um, and we really... Well, actually, before I get there... Membership and outreach. So, myself and Mikey and Steely, we're kind of the secondary players uh, in our organization. But we, I wouldn't call it secondary. It's a it's a background role, but it's an important role. We're bench players, but we come in and we we have a we have an important role on this team. So, but people think that you're not bench players. Yeah, you're the ones that are interacting with the, the public. Because we're the face. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you're not backseat. So. What we what we do is you can't do conservation work without money. You can't do it without name recognition. You can't do it without friends, friends of the land trust and members. So um, our job is really to increase those numbers and increase the money that comes to the organization and host events for all types of outdoors men and women um, and philanthropists and whoever's interested in preserving and conserving and protecting natural places here in North Carolina um, so that we can get the funding to help Cody and Crystal do their job. So um, we, on our end, since we since I came on about two years ago, we have increased, and actually this is a lot due to Mikey. Um, Mikey, is, Mikey has done an exceptional job, my boss. Um, since she came on, we had about 400 members. We're now over 1,000 members in the land trust in the last two and a half years uh, due to the hard work she's done. And uh, we're kind of moving upwards and onwards and really growing as an organization. And I think that's a testimony to uh, the work that Cody and Crystal are doing and the work that we're doing on the membership side to increase those numbers. Go ahead. I think this is a good, before you get into, I think while we're talking about how numbers increase, mm-hmm. I think this is a good appeal to the listener to tell them you know why we have members of the events we offer the things you can offer not I'm not going into great detail we'll have other 
episodes about it, but just some of the stuff you guys offer that gets people interested yeah. in land trust. Yeah, so we do events, like I mentioned, for every type of outdoors man and woman. So um, hikers, we have a 40-mile backpacking trip. We, hi- we offer hikes. Um, you sign up for a hike, you pay a small membership fee, entry fee to come and join us. They're super fun. You become a member of the land trust, and then you get a walk and enjoy conserved properties. We have paddle trips. We do a paddle series every year of three plus some additional paddles where you get out, you pay a small membership fee, you get to come out with other like-minded people and do a paddle if that's what you're into, and you join the staff and learn about conserved properties while paddling on the rivers that, we, uh, that we've helped to protect. We do. We have a hunting program that I'm really proud of that um, Mikey and when I came on, uh, I helped start that we're engaging sportsmen, which is something that, that I'd like to touch on here in a second that no other land trust that I know of is doing. Sure. Um, so the hunting program has really helped, helped grow our organization to reach a new demographic. We have a photography contest where we have pick people from our 10-county region, local citizens, professionals, amateurs, anybody can send their photos in. We pick out the 12 that we think represent our region the best, and we make a calendar with them. Um, we have dinners and fundraising events for philanthropists and urbanites and, and people who are socialites who really enjoy enjoy those kind of We've settings. We've got our own beer. Yeah, we have our own beer coming out. I mean, really, if you, if you have an outdoor hobby that you enjoy doing, go onto our website, yeah. and you're going to find something that aligns with our organization and you'll be able to come and join us and, and do an event and that raises dollars for us it raises members for us and uh and i mean i just feel like it's a huge deal for people who, to support an organization when they support to be able to put their feet on the ground of the land that you're helping to conserve or that we have conserved you, you see it and i want to add a point to this let's talk about conservation versus preservation because I feel like that is an important topic. To it's a good one for the first episode. It's a good first episode uh, topic. My analogy. Conservation. So I'm going to, my analogy is a gemstone. So if you are a conservationist with your gemstone, that means you take care of it, you polish it regularly, you clean it, but you also wear it and use it and show it off and, and get to enjoy it and utilize it. If you're a preservationist with your gemstone, you put it in a glass case with a lock on it, and you never touch it again. You can look at it, but you can't touch it. You can't enjoy it. You can't show it off. Same applies to preservation and conservation in the natural world. If you are of a preservationist mindset, it's similar to our national park system. So, John, you are kind of blind non-consumptive use of our national parks. John Muir was a founding preservationist um, and and there are certainly areas where preservation is the mindset to take. There's an equal balance of each and where they need to and they each have their place. With preservation you're not going in and using making sustainable use of your natural resources. You're not touching them at all. You're also not allowing any type of consumptive use within a preservation ecosystem. On the other hand, a conservation ecosystem, you're allowing consumptive use with sustainable limits. So that would mean something like your public access, your national forest, 
those are all the U.S. government on national forest. They actually do timber harvest there. They're actually performing some type of sustainable use of a renewable resource. And so they're actually doing physical management. It's not hands. It's not the hands-off approach. That may sound it. That may sound a little biased, and it probably is because we, we, Cody and I, and I think our whole staff really aligns with the the conservation side. Not to say that preservation isn't important. Uh, but I would say that we are a conservation organization, and I think the, the definition that I that I generally think of is just the wise and responsible use of our natural resources. So it's um, it's being able to go in there and, and and use it and utilize it and enjoy it like the gemstone that, that Cody was talking about, but um, you know responsibly. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how our mission as an organization. Lines, and that's why we offer these recreation opportunities because we want people to be able to get out and um, not only spend their dollars to protect places, but also so that they can enjoy them. I want you to spend your dollars to pr- protect and conserve places, but I also want you to enjoy these places and enjoy spending your dollars to conserve them because they're your places. And, and that's that's kind of our slogan, um, saving the places you love. Um, and so that that's what I want. So, you talked about all the events we can offer as far as how we gain members. That's, you know, it's hard to gain members through putting on a conservation easement, to be honest. I mean, nobody's jumping in line to pay $35 to have a conservation easement put on their place. But folks are jumping in line to have a catered kayaking trip that we provide shuttle and safety and education on conservation. Yeah, and I think, so when I talked about membership and outreach, and I kind of talked about three elements of, of why membership and outreach was important. One, monetary value, and we've kind of touched on that and how that's used. Um, members, which is great for us to show our board that we're growing and we're, we're reaching a bunch of people. But the third was name recognition. And I think that's, uh, in terms of the conservation work we do, probably one of the most important. I mean, because how, what percentage of conservation projects that come into you and Crystal come from people hearing about the organization, what we do, and then calling you instead of you reaching out to them? Mm, I'd say 90%. 90%. So yeah. generally reaching out, you know, to ran, to if I picked a random person off the street walking through the central Piedmont and asked them, have you ever heard of Three Rivers Land Trust? The answer is no. The answer is no. Um, and we're missing out on people every time we hear no that's somebody who may have a connection to a large tract of land that we're interested in conserving and protecting Um, so the name recognition side of what we do is really important because it can lead to it can lead to projects it can lead to conservation work and more acreage uh, that's protected here in the central people so uh, that's one element that that's why the the growth of members is really important to us because it shows us that we're reaching more people. We have more people associated with the organization, spreading the word about what we do, uh, which directly leads to, to more conservation work done. Sure, it's all about word of mouth, and same goes for projects. There may be a phenomenal project within our region and a candidate for a project that we're not aware of because that person is not aware of us. But it's, it's a good way to outreach, and that's what Sam and Mikey and Steely, that's what they're they're doing by doing these events. So there's nothing there's nothing too big or too small that we go to either. I mean we talk there's one example that our executive director talks about a lot. 
um, when we're kind of discussing this topic. And there's a property that we acquired uh, recently that is going to be extremely beneficial for us for doing conservation work that was given to the land trust um, under our ownership because Travis went and met with a women's group and had lunch with them. Sure. And he went and talked. He didn't know what was going to come from it. He just went and had a conversation about conservation and uh, and ended up getting a seven-figure property that was, you know, that's going to go towards, gonna conservation. Go towards conservation. So okay. um, that's a, I think that's a really good intro. Talk into about what we do. one more thing you need mm-hmm. to mention. You need to mention our youth outreach program. Mm-hmm. Everything. That's mm-hmm. extremely important to me, and I know Sam as well. Our youth outreach, Sam, he can break it down, but uh, on the end that I'm most familiar with, we do a couple of things about getting kids in the outdoors and educating them on conservation and just their natural world, especially inner city folks um, who do not get to experience the things that we all might get to. Um, we do everything from youth, youth hunts um, to actually conservation work days, and Sam's got a whole program laid out about it. Yeah, uh, it's called the Leopold Society, named after Otto Leopold, who is a founding conservationist. Uh, and really, we created this program as another demographic of outdoors men and women to reach. Um, it's it's all about the next generation. Uh, that's what conservation really is. Uh, and it, that's a huge reason why it's important to people. You want to leave, it's like the mantra, leaving it better than you found it. Um, we want to leave the Central Piedmont of North Carolina for the next generation better than we found it. And building uh, a generation of conservationists is really important. The next generation, after we're gone, um, that care about our natural resources. So we created the Leopold Society uh, when I came on. It was about two years ago. And it's a middle school and high school program. We have it enrolled in about 10 schools right now. We have over 300 students enrolled in the program. And really, to not get into it too technically in our limited time, it's about getting kids outside, um, getting them giving back to their community, all with a conservation-minded outlook on it. So kids are learning about conservation in the classroom. They're joining our staff out for projects. I mean, there's a few examples I can throw out. I mean, last year we had a group of about 60 middle schoolers come out and plant 5,000 hardwood trees with us. Uh, It was on the Charlotte News, which is, one, great for the kids to get out and learn about conservation and learn about natural resources out of the classroom. Talk about a great experience there. So they benefit. And then the Charlotte News, because these kids are coming out, came out and filmed this, which was great for exposure for us. So it's actually it's Sam and I didn't have to bend over and plant five thousand trees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we had to auger five thousand holes. But yeah, um, it was you know it's projects like that. It's it's really just about engaging the next generation, getting them involved in conservation. Uh, a love for the outdoors is developed through immersion, not through textbooks. So that's really what we're trying to do. So that's a that's a quick overview. Of and don't so. forget, it is a scholarship program as well. So. Mm-hmm. If anybody's listening with high school seniors and uh, somebody's looking for a $1,000 scholarship, we're taking applications for that through the Leopold Society. So, so yeah, give us a holler. I think, I think that's a fairly good introduction. If you've got questions or comments or you want to find out how to get a hold of us, 
um, see the show notes. We'll put a link to the website. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which website. is threeriverslandtrust.org. Uh, our office number, if you want to call and talk with one of us or any of our staff members, it's 704-647-0302. And we'll try to come out, you know, once a week and talk about a different topic. This was just kind of our introductory yeah, episode to kind of explain who we are. The goal is to have this podcast educate our members and the folks who are already aware of us on hot topics and things that are going on with us. Um, and also to reach the new demographic, um, hopefully, and get those folks on board with us as well. And at least have them aware of what's going on and what the Three Rivers Land Trust is. Yeah, I mean, we're local We're local conservation. So um, it's really about, you want to hear from our, from our mouths what we're doing. And just like the events that we do and being able to walk on, walk on properties that we're conserving. It's the same thing with, with this podcast. We want you to hear from our voice about what we're doing um, so that you can be engaged as well and hear about it and stay in touch with us. And uh, We're always open for phone calls and stuff too. So Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. We'll be coming out soon with more stuff and um, we're excited about this. Yep, thanks. Signing off. If you like us, you're riding down the road listening to the podcast on your commute. Well, when you get to where you're going, don't forget. Like us on Facebook. Check us out at our website, threeriverslandtrust.org. You'll find out about all the events we're putting on, how you can get involved, how you can help, how you can participate. We'd love to meet like-minded individuals and get you involved in conservation. Till next time.